Oh, my name is Carrie Rouse, your co-host, and I am here with Matt Rouse. Hey, everybody. Good to see you all live today. 100 episodes in. That's right. (laughs) Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. It's a party up here today. So today we're going to be talking about future proofing your business. And when we talk about future proofing, there is unexpected things that are going to happen to your business. A hundred percent for sure. If COVID didn't train us that this is going to happen, then I don't know. Then I don't know what's going to There is a way that you can future-proof your business. There are a lot of steps that you can take and a lot of takeaways that we have from the last 100 episodes that can help you future-proof your business. And we want to talk about those things. And one of the episodes, uh, I think it was with, which episode was it? Phil Palucha? It was episode 72, Phil Palucha's World 2.0. That's right. World 2.0, Phil Palucha. Uh, from the UK and I had a fantastic discussion about kind of pre-COVID was world 1.0 of the modern, you know, Mm -hmm. digital era. And and now it's it's world 2.0. And you're going to see a massive acceleration in things like the use of AI combining with other technologies, APIs and robots and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, communication concerns, there's safety concerns, there's workplace safety, there's childcare and schooling and all of these things are are kind of part of the world 2.0. This uh, work from anywhere, work from home type, you know, digital nomad world that's starting to come out. And we wanted to talk a little bit about those things. And so the first section that we're going to talk about is mindset. And number two is going to be pivoting. Number three is going to be mm-hmm. communication. And number four, we're going to talk about marketing voodoo magic. That is stuff that is such crazy new technology that it seems like it has to be some kind of evil voodoo magic because people don't understand how it works. So, Carrie, why don't you start off with mindset? So I thought that this was a perfect place to start because if you're not in the right mindset, how are you going to deal with all of the other issues that come along? So the first thing I wanted to talk about was imposter syndrome and going way back into our archives to episode 24, Break Past Your Imposter Syndrome with Kara Radecki. That was a really great episode where if you guys aren't aware of what imposter syndrome is, it's that little voice in your head that tells you you're just not good enough, you don't know enough, um, and somebody is going to find out that you're a fraud. In fact, the statistic is that 70% of us have this little tiny voice in our head that keeps telling us that we're an imposter. There's a lot of different ways that you can break through that, break past that. You can work with a counselor. You can do self-help, read self-help books, get a business coach, all all sorts of things. Um, The fact is, you probably know enough if you put in the time and the effort, the education, the experience. So don't listen to that crazy little voice. That imposter syndrome is the thing that most people have mm-hmm. is kind of a good way to get over imposter syndrome, right? Because you're like, oh, you know what? Who am I to be telling people how to do this? Or who am I to be like making a bunch of money or whatever, right? Um, but the truth is, everybody thinks that. 
So when you know that everybody else thinks that too, you'd be like, okay, it's normal for me to feel this way as I'm mm -hmm. becoming more successful or as I'm on my way to doing great things. This is one of the steps that's going to happen on the way. Yeah, it's important to just not be held back by that. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about in mindsets is victim mindset, that victim mentality. A lot of people also have this type of, of mindset where things are happening to me and I'm out of control. The way to think about it is that things are happening around me. You don't necessarily have to be in control of everything. It's how you think about it and how you react to it in, in real time. Um, so kicking that victim mindset to the curb and changing your thinking into more of a progressive mindset is the way to go on that one. The next one is being open to change. So the other day I posted in our um, one of our groups in our um, inbox mastery group, a quote from John D. Rockefeller, don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. And I, I was also, um, I don't want to say a victim of this, but this is how I was thinking. Life's going great. Um, things are happening good. You know, everything is falling into place. I'm putting in the work and all of that. It's great right now. It's good right now. But is it great? Are you going to take that next step into the unknown, into possibility? Are you going to give up that good that you have right now? to go for something that's even better. So that being open to change and open open to potential failure is what some person, one person might say, but open to potential possibility and having learning points along the way. It's not failure, they're learning opportunities. Well, let me jump in for a sec on there. One thing yeah. that people often say is they use that uh, analogy of the baby learning how to walk, right? The baby yeah, doesn't just yep. fall down once and go, well, I guess I'm going to screw walking, you know, yep, like I give you gotta up. keep falling down over and over again. But I think also the ability to see change is super important. Um, mm -hmm. If you look at kind of some of the very large company failures that have happened in the past, one of the examples we've used a couple times on the podcast was Kodak where they invented yeah. the digital camera. Uh, I mean, they invented it in the 70s and they expected, fully expected within 30 years that film was basically going to be out. Mm -hmm. But they had a 90 plus percent profit margin on film and they could not wean their company off of the profit margin on film compared to why would I sell digital cameras at 10% margin when I can sell film at 90% margin? Yeah. And the answer is, because everyone in the world is going to have a digital camera and film is going to be gone. They just couldn't change, right? And so if you get too stuck in your ways, we've always done it this way because that's the way it's always been done. Mm -hmm. And not re-looking at your processes and your procedures in your company and, and other things that you can do, then you can be in real trouble, especially when it comes to future-proofing. Yes. And that leads directly into my next point about mindset is identifying a problem and being able to pivot. Kodak identified the problem <laughs> that, you know, people were going to stop buying film. They were going to go to digital, but they didn't get the pivot part. <laughs> they didn't right. pivot their company to 
digital products or digital, you know, storage or, you know, anything else that they could have done. They just kept with what they knew because that's, that's what they knew. Um, So being able to identify the problem and then pivot your company or your small business to that new point of view, that new product, that new product line, uh, the new service. We're seeing a lot of that right now in the restaurant industry. Restaurants were shut down all over yeah, and, you know, laid off their staff and everything, didn't know what to do when they were allowed to open back up. It was only at, well, I think it was like 25 or 50% capacity and they weren't sure how to keep that profitable. So they went to a lot of takeout, a lot of, you know, pickup orders, uh, DoorDash orders, that kind of thing. Uh, So they pivoted their service to more of a takeout instead of an in-person thing. Then I've seen they do, they're doing a lot of outdoor dining right now, which is perfect because it's summertime, but they're going to have to pivot again. Fall and winter are coming. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be a fan of sitting outside in the elements in the weather and the rain and the cold. They're going to have another opportunity to pivot again to see, you know, what they're going to do. Yeah, I'd like to own a company that makes tents right now. Those big tents. The big heated ones, yeah. For outside. They're going to be doing some business. They are, definitely. The final thing that I want to talk about in mindset, we're going to talk about living with purpose. And a good episode as we go back into our archives was episode number 42. That was with Gunnar Simonson, Creating a Life That Drives You. Living with purpose is all about finding your passion in life, structuring things around that passion. Gone are the days where you go to, especially for entrepreneurs, where you go to nine to five job during the week and you just try to live for that Friday so that you could do something on Friday and Saturday and have the dreaded Monday blahs coming up. That's right. Living um, for the weekend. You know, that's awesome. But your weekend could be in the middle of the week. It just depends on what type of business you're in. Going to work and loving what you do, creating something that you love to do. That way you don't have the Monday blahs every Monday that rolls around. I don't want to get like too personal, but I had the Monday blahs. And then I created change in my life and started creating businesses of my own. And got out of that that routine, that stuck routine. Changed my mindset and off we went. Yeah, another thing that when your purpose is aligned with your business purpose and your goals, kind of the path kind of starts to light up for you, right? You kind of get the feeling, oh, you know what? Now I have some direction and I know what I should be doing. And I know that if there's a, some kind of task or something, whether it's easy, difficult, whatever it is, you can look at it and say, how does this get me further toward my goal? And if the answer is it doesn't, then don't do it. You can you can really say, you know, maybe there's things that I'm doing that I don't need to be doing. And maybe there's other things that I could do that could have a compounding effect over time, such as doing 100 episodes of a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, every week, week after week, between one and three episodes we've done every week for almost two years straight. And we've seen our audience grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. You know, now there's thousands of people that listen to this every week. And that's because it's on the path with where we want our company and our lives and 
And, you know, Scott Burson, who's our business partner, who's not on here right now because he does the technical things. All of these things, all of our goals are aligning to go the same direction. It makes it a lot easier when you have a purpose-driven business, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think we should move on to pivoting. We should pivot to pivoting. Let's pivot to pivoting. (laughs) So I wanted to define pivoting briefly. So a lot of people think that pivot means you need to change your entire business. And that's completely not what it means. It might mean that to a few people. But when I talk about pivoting and when we're talking about pivoting today, we're talking about pivoting portions of your business, or it could be pivoting how you deliver your goods and services or how you market those goods and services. Uh, It could even mean pivoting to a different clientele or a different audience with what you have. Pivoting doesn't mean you necessarily have to shift your entire business to something completely new. It just means that there are changes that you could make inside your business that change the way that you do business. And so that's basically how pivoting is that we're going to talk about here. Uh, We talked with Sean Shepard. I think it was episode 68. Uh, A good example is uh, a friend of ours, Cal. He uh, owns Taste of Pearl Catering. When they couldn't have events anymore and he couldn't do catering anymore, he pivoted how he delivers food in his business to doing dinner boxes where he'd say, okay, I'm going to make a whole bunch of this type of food, right? He does Sri Lankan catering. It's really good, by the way. You know, some rice and and some curry, lamb or something and and some green beans and stuff. And that's what's going to be in the dinner boxes. And you just tell him how many dinner boxes you want. And then the next day you come pick them up. He's doing catering still, basically. He's still catering for, you know, 20 to 50 people on those days that he's doing that. And he does it three times a week, right? And then he's just separately putting it in separate boxes. And then people come, they say, oh, I want three. And then they just drive up and he carries it out to their car. That's a pivot in how he is both marketing his business and delivering his business. But he's still a caterer, right? I mean, he hasn't had to change his equipment or his menu or any of these things. All he's done is he's changed the way he's delivering and he's changed the way that he's marketing that business to people. The other thing is he used to market almost strictly to people at businesses like people who would do events, event planners, HR managers, that kind of thing, administrators. Now he's targeting the people who eat the food, not the people who plan the parties. Yep. So that's another way of pivoting your business. I'm sure Cal will love that we're shouting him out on the podcast here too. I think that's a good example of pivoting. Another thing that I've seen is a lot of the B2B companies, they switched. They have SaaS like software as a service. I saw a lot of them say, we are donating X amount of time or software use to companies affected by COVID. So they'd say, uh, we're, we're giving 90 days of free use of our software X for businesses affected by COVID businesses start to use the software, find out how much it helps their productivity or helps their sales or whatever the goal of the software is. And then they keep using it and they pay for it. So, you know, when they started giving it away in like April, May, June, so July and August, they have revenue. That was another way to pivot delivery of their businesses um, or of how they deliver their services. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they took a dip or they took a hit on sales, but if they weren't going to make the sales anyway, you might as well get people hooked on your product first. Um, So that was an excellent pivot point. I think the last thing about pivoting, and this is actually a pretty good thing that I talked about in the book, Flattening the Hamster Wheel. 
Also, Flattening the Hamster Wheel is coming out on audiobook. Uh, it's on Audible right now. I just haven't advertised it yet. So it's out now if you want to get it on audiobook. There are five ways that your business can make money. Um, I use the acronym ARMAR. It's A-R-M-A-R. And it's Acquisition, Retention, Monetization, Activation, and Revenue. The monetization portion is how you can pivot your business during tough times. Monetization meaning how can I sell more things to the customers I already have? So if you already have a good client base and you can say, what else do my customers want or need that is something that I can provide, even if you don't provide it right now? A good example of that is for our customers, a lot of them are very conscientious or, or aware of how reviews can affect their business. And they want to get more positive reviews, just like everybody does, right? We love people to tell us how awesome we are and yep. uh, share that with other businesses, right? Because those testimonials can help other people work with your business. So we found software that we put together two pieces of software and that they can lease at a discount because we buy the, the whole product suite for all of the clients. And then we piece it out uh, cheaply and they can get more reviews from their customers. They can do reputation management. They can reply to reviews uh, and it does a whole bunch of other things. But that's software that we didn't have before, but we knew our customers wanted and then we are able to offer that to them as something additional that we can sell to customers that we already have. So from there, I think we should step on to the next point. Carrie, let's talk about communication. Communication. So I'm kind of going to digress here to COVID because that has been the most recent communication hiccup, I think, with a lot of businesses. So let's talk about expectations first. People had expectations pre-COVID of when your business was going to be open, what doing business with you looked like, you know, if that was coming into your storefront on the hours that you were available. They knew when you were going to be open. They knew when you were going to be closed. They knew how to go into your business and purchase things, pay for them and leave. And those expectations and procedures, I guess, have changed a lot in some cases. You want to make sure that you communicate those new things to your customers. You can use your website, your social media channels, your Google My Business listing, maybe even your Yelp listing. If your hours have changed, make sure you change those on all of your platforms so that when one of your customers looks you up because they want to go eat at your restaurant or they want to go buy a, a book or a game or something, that they know that you're actually open when it says that you're open. Because the worst thing that could happen is that they want to go buy something from you. They show up at your business and you're not there because now you're only open by appointment only or something like that. So make sure it says what, what your hours are. And keep those updated. So if they are changing, make sure those are updated too. If you're Absolutely. a solopreneur, you're just going to have to do that by yourself. If you have employees working for you or if you have a, a VA, a virtual assistant, have them keep that up for you. Carrie, if I can add to that, I think yeah. so. kind of a good story is I went to a retail store to pick something up and it was closed, uh, mm -hmm. but their hours said they were open. 
after yep. I drove there. I looked on the door. I didn't see any message stating what the hours were going to be, right? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if they were open, but it was right at kind of the start of quarantine. So it wasn't a big deal. So every time I was kind of in that neighborhood, I would just kind of like drop by there because I was like, oh, and I asked Siri, hey, is this store open? And it says yes. So I drive over there and then they're not open. Right. Yeah. And there's still no sign. Uh, I messaged them one time, uh, like the third time I've been in there and I didn't get a response. So I just went and bought it on Amazon. Yeah. And I should also say that I've seen them post on Facebook and stuff saying that they're open. So, but they'd never say their hours. So I don't have any idea when they're open. I don't know when to go there. <laughs> and when I messaged them, they didn't respond. So communication is absolutely key. You want to be over communicating when there's yes. some kind of a disaster yes. or when there's changes. Do you do curbside pickup and how does that work? Do you have like numbered stalls? So this is a good example too. We went to a restaurant we had ordered some food from. Mm-hmm. And when we drove in, there was like paint buckets with sticks and paper kind of sticking out of them. We didn't know what they were for. <laughs> and they they hadn't drawn very well on the signs, so you couldn't really read them. And so we just kind of randomly parked somewhere. And then, I don't know, we just sat there for a while. And then someone came up and asked us why we were there. And we're like, oh, we're here to pick up our food. And they're like, oh, well, which number spot are you in? And what number was on your order? I'm like, I, I don't know. I went online. I bought it. Like, You know, it was just one of those things. We didn't really know what was going on or how it was working. So be very clear about those things uh, in your communication strategy. Yeah, I think some of the larger businesses are doing a really good job at that. We just went to a large chain coffee shop the other day and they had four very well marked stalls. You called the number, it says, call this number when you get here, tell us which stall number you're in, and they brought our stuff right out to us. The problem lies in some of our smaller businesses that we want to support and and go to and spend our money at because those are the businesses that are really hurting during this time and that we want to stick around past um, all of this craziness. They don't have as much money. They don't have as much staff um, to figure these things out. So they're a bit slower to respond and figure these things out than the the giant corporations that have teams of people working on that. So as a customer, as a consumer, be be a little patient um, on your end. But as a business owner, communicate as much as you can. If you have pretty much it depends on state, I guess. But in Oregon, masks are required indoors now. All of the businesses that I see now have signs on their door saying masks are required. Um, So that's an expectation. Some businesses are counting how many people can come in at a a particular time. Just be communicating with your people, um, with your consumers, with your customers, your clients as much as you can. So they know what to expect when they show up at the door. Right. And some good ways to communicate are, you know, everybody pretty much knows you can do it on Facebook, but don't forget about places like Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who only use one social media platform and it's not usually Facebook. Usually people who are on Facebook are on Instagram and other stuff too, but people who don't want to use Facebook usually just pick one, right? They're like, I'm only on Twitter or I'm only on Twitter and LinkedIn kind of thing. So you want to do those, but also use your mailing list. Yep. It's a good idea to put a banner on your website, like at the very top that is on every single page that says, click here mm-hmm. for COVID information or click here for ordering info, that kind yep. of stuff. 
So those are all great ways that you can communicate as well as, I mean, depending upon how many clients you have and how much information you have about them. Um, you could advertise information to them. Make sure you get your Google My Business updated. Bing Places is also another one people should update um, because that can uh, drive a lot of traffic from other sites that are not Google. Um, mm -hmm. You can update your Yelp account. Uh, lots of places that you can update to get the word out. Yes. So expectations and communicating with your customers. The next thing to do in communication is outreach. Okay. So if you're watching us live or you're watching the replay of this, you can see the scroll at the bottom of the screen. We created the 10-day outreach challenge. You can reach that at hook2.us slash out. And the outreach challenge is a challenge for business owners to reach out to people on a personal level and on a business level so that what you're doing now is going to turn into your paycheck in 30, 60, or 90 days, depending on your uh, product cycle. So some of those some of those things that you're doing and outreaching now and talking to people will turn into an immediate sale. Some of those, it takes time to cultivate that sale uh, before you get paid, depending on what industry. Real estate agents are you know, 90-ish days out, depending on how fast houses are closing, and they're still closing pretty fast. Uh, especially here in Oregon and other businesses like car sales and, and those kinds of things. Um, that's kind of a pretty immediate sale. Sometimes if people want, want to buy a car, they go buy a car and you get your money. But the outreach challenge, it's a five to 10 minute a day challenge where you do simple outreach, starting from just reaching out to people who you haven't talked to in a while to just say hello all the way to developing your LinkedIn profile and making sure everything's up to date, reaching out to potential clients. So in order to make sure your uh, paycheck doesn't dip uh, and take a dive during that September time, then you want something more even or on its way up towards Christmas or, you know, the holiday November, Black Friday, all of that stuff. Um, the outreach challenge is where it's at. Well, one of the things that you and I had talked about earlier today was what's the worst thing that can happen when you're a business owner and you haven't communicated well? Um, the worst thing that happens is that you see a post on social media that so-and-so purchased whatever your product is from somebody else. You're That's like, right. wait a minute, I could, uh, I do that. I could sell that to you. Like you're a real estate agent and somebody posts on Facebook and they're like, Hey, thanks to Joe for helping my mom sell her house. And you're like, why didn't you have me sell your house? We've been best friends for 10 years, right? Yeah. yeah. The reason, what is the reason? Why does that uh, happen? Why does that happen? They have no idea what you do right. <laughs> or they forgot. Yeah, they're, they're either unclear about what it is that you offer, like what your product or service is, or they haven't been reminded that you mm -hmm. do that thing. It's like a Rolodex in your brain. Whoever here mm -hmm. is old enough to remember what a Rolodex is. It's this little wheel that has index cards in it. Yeah. So you pull out each index card is for one thing. So there's only really one spot for like 
realtor who I would trust to sell my house has one spot in the Rolodex in somebody's brain. So mm-hmm. you better be the one who is that thing, right? There's one guy who's the internet marketing guy, or this is mm-hmm. the the gal who is the the doctor or the designer or the nurse practitioner or whoever it is, whatever, you know, you got a chiropractor, you got yep. whatever, right? People like this is my car selling gal. And, you know, you just, you have somebody in your brain who is that thing. And you want to keep reminding people that because the next thing that they're going to do, if they don't remember, they're either going to go on social media and go, uh, Hey, do you guys know anybody who does X, Y, Z? Yep, um, I see that you, all the time. Right. You may not see that post, especially if it's in a private group, like an HOA group or something like that. Um, I know in our HOA group on Facebook, which is private, only people who are in the neighborhood can use it. People are like, do you know a house painter? Do you know a plumber? Do you know this? Do you know that? It happens mm-hmm. every day. The other thing that people will do is they're going to go to Google and they're just going to search. Yep. In which case, you better hope your SEO is great. Otherwise, they're just going to find the first person who answers the phone. Yep. So, Or they'll find the first three people and get a quote and go with the cheapest. Make sure your friends and your family know what you do. The outreach challenge is one way to do it. Uh, Just being active and talking on your socials, whatever platform that is, is another way. But remember that not everybody is going to see everything that you post. They might not be on at the same time. They might not see because their algorithm doesn't pick you up for some reason. They haven't interacted with one of your posts. They, they just might not see you. So that's why you want to be active on multiple platforms, telling people what you do um, and interacting personally on a personal le- level, whether that be in the social media platforms, commenting and responding to people's posts, commenting and responding to people um, commenting on your posts, and then actually picking up the phone and calling somebody or texting them or sending them a card. If you want to go old school, how many times do you get the, get the mail? I was going to say answer your, your mailbox, Uh, but go and get the mail in your mailbox. I get bills and junk mail, but it's rare that you get an actual card in the mail um, or a letter in the mail these days. So those are kind of the gems that you look for. I mean, communication obviously is vital. So the first three things that we went through are mindset. Yep. Pivoting. Yep. Communications. Yes. And now we're on to the part that everybody's been waiting for. If you remember (laughs) all the way back from the beginning, we're going to talk about marketing voodoo magic. A long time ago, uh, like 20 years ago, uh, I had a client of mine I was doing some work for, and they had told me that the work that we do on the internet, it is such a mystery. It's some kind of weird voodoo magic. And I, that stuck with me. And I named my uh, company, my digital marketing company at the time, uh, Oregon Voodoo, because of the, the voodoo magic we're doing on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the company that we merged to make our current company. The important part is this is all, it's all obviously it's science. It's not magic. Right. It's the old thing, uh, the old adage of, you know, any technology sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. So we've got some marketing technology so advanced that it is indistinguishable from magic, but it's also stuff that you can use. Yep. So are you ready for number one? I'm ready. Clavio. 
Clavio is email marketing software for uh, businesses that have online or e-commerce uh, stores. If you just want to use some software to send out some emails to some people every week, I would suggest using something like SendFox, MailChimp, something like that. But if you have an e-commerce store, Clavio is the way to go. And I know a lot of people that are using Constant Contact for their store or they're using MailChimp and they should be using Clavio. And I'll tell you why. Clavio does some voodoo magic, okay? So what happens is, uh, without getting too technical, people go to your store, you get them to sign up for your mailing list or they check out and they have checked the box that says, put me on your list or whatever, right? That puts mm -hmm. them into Clavio. Clavio then can segment those people based on what they purchased, uh, what they looked at, things they may have added to their cart, and how much money they've spent in your store. And then it organizes those into all into like automatic audiences. Say you have uh, people who come to your store and they're all looking at women's clothing, but you also sell men's clothing. You can automatically segment your list and send women's clothing ads to the only just the women or the people interested in women's clothing on your email list. If it is, you have all kinds of different products and services, maybe like if you're a larger store and you have, have a, a wider range of product, maybe the people who are interested in buying something like lawn signs are not the same people who would be interested in buying hoodies. Yeah. So you can segment that stuff. And it also does text message marketing in those same segments. So you can actually send people text alerts for like products and um, you people can get updates on when their product is shipped and stuff like mm -hmm. that in abandoned cart messages through text message and email. Um, so it, it really does some fantastic stuff and I highly recommend it. Uh, we'll put a link to our tools page um, and all of these tools that we talk about that we use, we built a tools page so you can go see them all. Um, yep. Number two on the Voodoo Magic list, uh, it's kind of two things I combined into one here, and that is custom audiences in advertising. And I also wanted to talk about geofencing audiences. Geofencing is an invisible uh, imaginary fence that you draw around a specific area. Usually it's around a building. The software tracks all of the phones that go into those areas and then you can get that data after the fact. Usually the data is, there, there's like a thing about how fresh the data is. Um, usually you don't get real-time data, but it's going to be anywhere from a few days to, you know, even you can go back, I think, 12 or 13 years of data. Wow. And what you get is, is a list of codes back that you can use in audiences for advertising. So I don't want to get too technical again on this. You know, you can always talk to us if you want more information about it. But a good example is... We have a geofence, say, around a car dealership. And then we say, everybody who goes into this car dealership, we want to send them an advertisement for our competing car dealership. And we can send those ads out on Facebook or Google ads or YouTube or Instagram. So we can take the geofencing data and then use that to send advertising to those people who've been to those places. Another good example would be you can actually get it down to a pretty small space with geofencing. 
Uh, if you have, say, a store that sells lawn and garden related items, you could geofence the lawn and garden sections of Fred Meyer's or like Lowe's and Home Depot and stores and Walmarts and whatever. And then all of the people that go into those places, you could target them with ads from your lawn and garden store. That's crazy. Without ever knowing who they are. That's some voodoo magic right there. Now this one, we're going to get into a couple that are really on the uh, privacy, probably pretty invasive side, but none of these technologies are illegal. Um, people are using them. I'm not saying you should use them. Make up your own mind. Get emails is one that's pretty new. It's only been out for a few months. Get emails does the voodoo magic of figuring out when someone goes to your website, it can figure out um, with about, it's about 25, 30% accurate right now. It can find the email and the home address and the first and last name of visitors to your website. And then it can automatically subscribe them to your lists. According to the CAM Spam Act, so this will work in North America. It is illegal in Europe under GDPR. Um, they have a free account too. So it can get up to 500 emails a month for you for free of visitors who come to your website. Mm -hmm. And all they do is visit your website. So let's say you have, I don't know, you have, have like information or blogs or articles or something that people go to on your website. Uh, those people go to your website, get emails, will figure out their email and their name and put them in your mailing list for you. So that's voodoo magic. Yeah. The next on the voodoo magic list is called headhunter.io. There's a couple other companies that do this, but Headhunter seems to have the biggest database so far. Headhunter, you can type in the name of a company or an industry, and it will give you a list of all the emails of people at that company or in that industry. You can even type in a person's name. So you could be like, I want to find the CEO of such and such company, and it will send you their email. You pay for the amount of emails that you can get, but you can literally build your list, especially if you have large, large organizations. You know, if you were going to sell something to all the employees of Intel or something like that, then it will have a database of known Intel email addresses that you can basically purchase from them. Um, but they are not purchasable lists as you would normally get. These are, you have to put in specific companies and stuff and it has basically cleaned up and made sure emails are real that go into their database so that you can then extract those. And you would use mm -hmm. those for things like outreach, Maybe you put them into custom audiences for advertising, something like that. But again, that's some voodoo magic. One thing we've talked about before, and Carrie, I know you know which episode it was that we talked about live video. Yeah, episode 65 with EFAT Cohen. That's right. Live video is the magic bullet. When people say, how come I never get any new people to talk to on Facebook or Instagram or anywhere? It's because you're not doing live video. That is the answer. Except for Instagram right now, Reels is the big thing, which is basically TikTok on Instagram. But yeah, save that for another episode. That's why we're doing live video right now. That's right. <laughs> live video because you can reach more people because the platforms like Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and, and Twitter with Periscope and even YouTube with live video on YouTube. Yep. They want people to stay on the platform longer and engage more and people who watch live video engage more. So they spread the kind of they give you the love with those videos so if you were just going to do a post on your business page on facebook the average engagement rate 
is under 1%. Like it's so low that it's it's negligible, right? Yep. So if you have a thousand followers on your business page, post something, you might get like seven people or something who, who will like it. And most likely it's like two of your employees and your mom, you know, and your wife or your husband click it, right? And then three people who might be customers, right? But if you want to get beyond that and you want to branch out to more and more people who may not already be fans of your page or people who liked your page at some point but never see anything from you anymore, live video yeah. is the magic bullet. So people keep asking me, what's the magic bullet? It's live video. That's the it's answer. It's still live. Yeah. It is. Okay, the last bit of voodoo magic. This one might be a little hard for people to wrap your brain around. This is software that we are using right now. It's a program called Descript. Um, I actually use it a lot with uh, Profound, um, but Descript is a program that you can import audio into it. Like a good example would be a podcast episode or a live show like this. It will transcribe it and show you mm -hmm. the text, right? So the, the text of what was said in the podcast and you can edit the text and then it edits the audio in your own voice without you having to re-record it. That's crazy. That is, that is magic. So if I wanted to change Carrie's voice right there where she just said, that's crazy, that is magic. And I wanted her to say, that is insane. That is voodoo magic. I would just type that in and it would use Carrie's voice and it would put those words in and you couldn't tell the difference. Mind blown. <sighs> Also, you can do crazy <laughs> stuff with it, like it's an AI, so so you train it by putting more of your audio into it, mm -hmm. and then when you put raw audio into it, like a podcast episode, if you're like me, and you say, um, a lot, or you say, if, you know, like is a word that I say a lot, or I can so. Even, or so, I can go in and I can highlight where I said so, and I can say find and replace or find and delete. And it will remove that from all the audio and put all the audio back together without me saying so anymore in the audio. That's awesome. So anyways, Descript does some crazy stuff. It's basically using the uh, deep fake uh, audio technology uh, for good and not for evil. Don't use this for evil, people. No, don't use any of these things for evil. It's Only in that 50 good. page terms of service that you have to click yes to and not read in there. It says that you promise or you like, you know, you're not going to unauthorized edit other people's audio with it. So don't yeah. do that. Pinky swear. Unless you're going to do it for funny stuff. Because in that case, it's satire and it's loud. It's a gray I area. Think. We are not lawyers. I'm, that's right. I'm not you know, a lawyer. Do I still have that? We're not, this is not. Legal That's advice, right. not medical, legal, or financial advice. Yep, yep. That's what it says at the bottom of the screen. If you're watching this for for people right. who are listening right you're now, listening, all right. Yeah. So that's the end of the voodoo magic section. So Carrie, let's go over. Let's all recap. Right. Let's yeah, let's wrap this up. So today we're talking about future proofing your business. We went over why you future proof it. We went over talking about mindset pivoting communication, especially with your customers or clients, and marketing voodoo magic. Right. And so 
people are talking about how it's sorcery in the comments. It's sorcery. Right <laughs> it is sorcery. So anyways, this is, I hope that this really helps you guys out. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I mean, we put a lot of work and effort in to make sure that um, we have a great sounding podcast. Also, um, thank you to Daniel D. Craig from Silent Outburst Productions who edits the, the podcast episodes for us. He's not an AI. He is a real person. Yep. And he and also takes out the so's and the ums. That's right. He <laughs> takes those out for us also. Um, and Carrie for being our community manager and, and handling, you know, all of the stuff in the groups. Make sure you follow, uh, jump into the Inbox Mastery group on Facebook. Just type Inbox Mastery into the search on Facebook and you will find us sign up for the outreach challenge. It's completely free. It's fun. Takes five minutes a day for 10 days. Hook to dot us. So that's H O O K T O dot U S slash out like O U T and make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already and uh, leave us a comment, we'd love to uh, see your, see your comments and, and your ratings. And we read every single one of those comments and respond where we can. And Carrie, thanks for being co-host today. Yeah, it's been awesome. Happy 100 to us. That's right. Happy 100, everybody. And uh, go out there and be profitable. Bye-bye. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. The tools we use as business professionals are an indication of who we are. They're, they're signaling to the world you know, what type of professional we are.